This is episode 434 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, 18 Critical Items to Keep in Your Bob. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. If you'd like some more information, click the link in the show notes or come on over to the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. And before we jump into our article, which is a really good one, I want to just ask you for a big favor. You know, I listen to a lot of different podcasts. Some of them are online marketing and and different things like that. Everybody is telling me that I should be like doing Facebook advertising and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I have sponsored posts before, but I just don't feel like I should be advertising. In order to do that, there's some other things I need to do on my website. I need to pixel the website, which means I should be putting like a tracking uh, cookie on there and all that kind of stuff. And I really don't want to do that. So would you do me the great favor? Because a lot of the times I can do the advertisements. I can do all that kind of stuff out there. But really the way that people are going to hear about the Prepper Website podcast and Prepper Website is by word of mouth. I mean, that's the most powerful recommendation right there. You know, instead of seeing it in your feed, having someone that you know say, hey, I'm listening to this new podcast or hey, I know that you listen to podcasts. You might be interested in this one or you might be interested in this website. So if you could do that, if you'd share it out, if you are on social media every once in a while, share out our episodes over at theprepperwebsitepodcast.com or just share out the, the Prepper website or prepperwebsite.com and uh, just let other people know uh, by word of mouth as well. I would greatly appreciate that. We want to help people get better prepared. And uh, that's always been our focus from the from day one. And, uh, we, you know, we just want to get the word out there. So if you would do that, that would greatly Uh, be appreciated here by me and everyone else who wants other people to get prepared as well. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our article. It comes to us from Survival Sullivan, and the article is entitled 18 Critical Items to Keep in Your Bob. And like I said before, I really liked this article, the very beginning, just the introduction and getting before he gets into the actual 18 items. I think there's just some good philosophy behind that and uh, just some of the ways that I've thought about. And then all the items, you know, I was trying to pick this uh, article apart and just, is there an item that I really wouldn't put in there? And, you know, I have to agree with everything that is in here. And so uh, if you are building a bug out bag or a get home bag or any kind of bag like that, a kit that you, you know, you're putting items in. Here is some good information for you. And so you can even even if you're putting together an EDC, right, an everyday carry, maybe a little pack or, or whatever. Some of these things can even be included in there. Not all of them, but some of them can be included in there. So let's go ahead and jump in. Debates carry on endlessly about what one should or should not keep in a bob. Preppers furnish meticulously detailed and designed list of their bob's contents only for others to tear it apart for some real or imagined inconsistency or incompatibility with their environment or intended mode of egress. 
This is a case of much ado about nothing, as most of these arguments revolve around someone else's loadout being unsatisfactory for someone else. A bob is more or less good if it contains supplies and equipments to cover the needs of an adult human for an extended period of time without any support, typically 48 to 72 hours. Those principal needs are food, water, shelter, or temperature control, and security. Some self-reliance disciples will back on a macro scale to cover those needs. MREs, potable water, a pop-up tent, and a firearm with ammo. Others take a micro or minimalist approach, choosing smaller, lighter equipment, options that will let them obtain or build their needed commodities, dehydrated food, water filters, tools for building a shelter, and crafting a spear or similar weapon. The best approach, as with many things, is one of moderation or synthesis. A savvy prepper will pack items that will furnish what he needs immediately and easily as well as equipment to help him create or find what he needs. This approach will help you prepare against the most situations you might encounter afield in a post-disaster scenario and also help you keep weight and bulk of your bob to a minimum. Now, no matter which approach you like the best, there are a few items that deserve a place in nearly any bob. These items are so ubiquitous and useful that omitting them is tantamount to lunacy in all but a rare few environments. Together, these will make up the core framework of any smart loadout. All right, so number one is duct tape. Because, of course, quality duct tape is too useful to leave behind, from repairs and lashings to hasty medical care, duct tape can do it all. Wrapped around a bottle or bowl, you can save more space in your bag. Not all brands are equal. Make sure to try a few and see which has the best combination of tear resistance, stickiness, and sheer strength to suit your needs. We like Gorilla brand and T-Rex tape. Funny names, but stupidly sticky and very tough fabric backing. If you cannot fix it, craft it with duct tape, it may not be possible. All right, number two is a rain poncho. A quality rain poncho will keep you dry when the weather turns foul and also add another insulating layer to keep you warm. In drier weather, it makes a great ground cover to keep you from getting damp or dirty. These can still roll up and pack down small in most cases. You might even consider including two for double the installation and water resistance. Choose your size carefully based on your environmentally appropriate attire. The next one is space blanket. These crinkly shiny wraps are flyweight way to keep your body heat from escaping uselessly and make sense no matter if you are sleeping in the open or in a shelter. These also do double duty as reflectors for your fire and a signaling device. They pack down so small and weigh next to nothing. Keep a couple in your bag. You'll use them plenty. You may wind up looking like a baked potato, but you'll be warm thanks to these guys. The next one is Bush Knife. A strong, hefty, fixed blade knife. This is your one true companion in the field, even if the field is around town. A Bush Knife serves many purposes after a disaster from chopping and processing wood to scraping, prying, skinning, and self-defense. Pick a large model that fits your hand well and make sure you have a quality sheath to go with it. 
A bush knife can be fashioned into a spear by lashing it to a sturdy stick, giving you much needed standoff in defense encounters and a little extra range when hunting big game if you don't have a firearm. Hey guys, so let me just say right here, I mean, there's there's tons of knives out there, but if you are looking for a budget knife, I love the Schrade, and I know I've talked about it before, the SCHF9, I believe, is the, is the model number. I've linked to it on the side of Prepper website, and also Ed That Matters, I believe I even have it on the side of the Prepper website podcast. If you go into the episode section, um, you'll be able to see it over there on the side uh, sidebar. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I, that's it's a, like $29 last time I checked, $29.88 or whatever. It's under $30. I think it used to be a little bit more expensive. Schrade makes a really great knife. This sucker is thick. Now, I have a BK2. It's full tang, right? So this Schrade, um, it, it equals up to that. It's not as thick as the BK2, which is, that's like a $100 knife. Uh, but it is almost as thick. It's full tang. Man, it's just it, it just really blows you away. For what you get for $30, you would be completely amazed. So if you don't have one of these big knives that you can do some of these things like he's talking about, baton wood and stuff like that, definitely look into the Schrade. Um, you know, like I said, for under $30, you cannot go wrong. All right, so the next one is multi-tool. A multi-tool is your bush knife's partner, able to do the things it cannot do or does not do well. You may not think you have much cause for it, but your gear, car, and buildings have all kinds of fasteners that need turning, not to mention the other useful tools it carries. From small saws to magnifying glasses, detail knives to pliers, a good multi-tool will do it all. You might choose a smaller model like a Swiss Army or a Scout Knife or opt for the classic Leatherman or Gerber multipliers. Another option is to carry the small tool and a dedicated set of pliers like vice grips. Guys, I like the Leatherman Wave. It's, I mean, it's big. It's heavy. Um, you can buy the pocket clip for it. I think it's like five bucks and, uh, and use it. Now, the only time I use it with a pocket clip is when I have blue jeans on because it is kind of heavy and it wears down your pants. But uh, I just you can't go wrong with that Leatherman. All right, the next one is a flashlight and headlamp. Actually, I would it's kind of like flashlight slash headlamp, but I would say you need both of these if you really wanted to, um, you know, really wanted to complete your your kit here. So bad things happen in the dark, from criminal activity to simply getting lost or taking a tumble. You do not want to get caught without something to light your way. Even a menial task like setting up your tent will be drastically more difficult without light to work by. A quality bright flashlight or better yet a headlamp to let you go hands-free will light up the night at the click of a button. Advanced models will have variable brightness settings, color options for preserving low light vision, and even special blinking signal modes. Either will make working or navigating in the dark trivial as long as the batteries last. Don't forget the spares. Guys, there's nothing like a headlamp when you need both hands just to help you. Many times when I've gone camping, I wish I would have had a headlamp, you know, because you wind up having someone to hold the flashlight where if you had a headlamp, you'd have two hand, you know, two people helping. And so anyway, just a headlamp really is worth it and they're not very expensive. Number seven is water. Without water to drink, you won't last a week. Have clean water on hand to ease the burden of having to find and purify it. Water is very heavy, so think carefully about how much you need versus how much you'll be able to find. 
A good water bottle or two, perhaps a few liters, will see an adult through a moderately strenuous day in warm weather. Plastic bottles are easy to maintain, but liner-less metal bottles can do double duty when it is time to boil water. If you opt for a plastic bottle, include a metal cup or bowl that it can nest inside to give you a heat-proof vessel. Then water purification method. You must have a water filter and water purification tablet to make or tablets to make found water safe to drink. You'll never be able to carry enough water to see you through a prolonged event. The germs and other contaminants in nearly any naturally occurring water source can make you cripplingly sick, with diarrhea and vomiting being a near certainty, making you dehydrated even more. Water filters come in all shapes and types, with some being drink-from-source straws and others being pump contraptions that actually screw onto your water bottle. Cleansing additives, too, may be found as either tabs or drops. Practice with all of them before the SHTF so you'll know how to use them and what you can expect. Some of the chemical additives leave water safe but tasting funky. I'd rather have safe water than tasty water, but all the same, that is another good reason to test your gear before you get put to the test. Then there's food. Food may not be the most pressing concern if you have any fat on your body, just stored calories after all, but strenuous activity and stress will deplete your energy reserves, leaving you feeling zapped and possibly affecting your cognition. You can keep yourself topped up and feeling good by keeping high-calorie, stable foods in your bob. MREs are popular, as are dehydrated camping meals that only require you to add a little hot water to them. You should also include small bites and snacks for eating on the go or for short stops. Beef jerky, energy bars, dried fruit, and troll mixes are all popular. Don't forget a small bowl and cuttery set. Number 10. Spare socks and underwear. Taking care of your feet is obvious when you must be on them all day. If it is a long march to safety, working to clean up or dig out of your ruined neighborhood or pushing a post as a lookout, letting your feet get beat up for any reason will quickly lead to you being immobilized. Keeping your feet clean and dry is a big part of caring for them, so bring extra socks and change them regularly. Underwear too is important. Your grown area gets no light, tons of moisture, and lots of friction when active. It is easy for skin issues and bacteria to flourish in such an environment. Change your underwear regularly to help you keep dry. Number 11, wet wipes. Keeping clean is vital for good health and to prevent the spread of disease. Even during or after a major disaster, you should be making time to clean up. In case water is unavailable or tightly rationed, you should keep a big pack of wet wipes in your pack. A handful will get an adult passably clean for a sponge bath. Besides, obvious practical benefit, taking care of your body and smelling good is a big morale booster. You should consider getting the largest size wipes to facilitate bathing. Number 12 is a compass. No matter where you are, a compass is useful. Combined with the course knowledge of an area's roads, settlements, and major terrain features, a compass will provide the basic direction finding to let you get from point A to point B, or at least not heading in the wrong direction. Of course, a compass, good maps, and the knowledge to use both will let you navigate overland with great accuracy. But if you are only going to take the minimum, make it a compass. Next is lighter and matches. 
Fire may become a life-saving resource even in the middle of a city in the midst of a bad incident. Fire lets you boil water, cook food, enjoy light and warmth, and even signal for help or to other survivors. No wonder man's mastery over creating fire was such a pivotal event in our history. To ensure you can create fire right now when you need it, you should pack lighters and outdoor grade matches, sometimes called survival matches. A lighter's utility is obvious, and they work reliably in all but the very coldest temperatures. Matches make a great backup. Ferro rods and similar devices are fine as tertiary options, but not nearly as reliable as either of the above. So somebody in the comments section uh, mentioned uh, that last sentence there about ferro rods not being as reliable. And what he was meaning is when you are needing to start a fire fast, you know, you a lighter will provide a flame and matches will provide a flame. Ferro rod will provide sparks. And so you know, some of the, the best survivalists out there, the people that run uh, schools and courses and all that kind of stuff will tell you the same thing. I mean, if you have a lighter, use the lighter. I mean, there's no reason to sit out there when you are in an emergency situation to bust out the ferro rod or, you know, the magnesium or whatever, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you need to just use the lighter or matches and that way get the fire going right away. Now, it's should you practice with the ferro rod? Yes. Should you have a ferro rod? Yes. But, you know, when you're in a situation where you are you know, bugging out or you're, you're in a survival situation, you need to go ahead and get that fire going as quickly as possible. So have some really good lighters and not the cheap ones. Get, you know, spend a little bit of extra money. If you're putting these in your in your kit, put, you know, get the Bic lighters and uh, don't get the, the knockoff lighters because they don't last at all. And then make sure that they are stored in a way that they're not going to be depressed and uh, all the uh, all the uh, the flu fluid will, will come out of that, right? So I'm like depressed. Yeah, a lighter is depressed. Now you just don't want to make sure that all the fluid gets out, you know, leaks out of there. All right, so the next one is tinder. Starting a fire with found fuel, even with a lighter or matches, may not be as easy as you are imagining. When you want to get a fire going pronto, you should rely on a small quantity of pre-made tinder to get a blazing fire going easily. This tinder could be anything from store-bought accelerant bricks to cotton ball soaked with petroleum jelly or dryer lint, char cloth, or small pieces of inner tube. Everyone has a favorite for their own reasons, but all of the above will light up easily and burn furiously. Next up is the first aid kit. You should expect injuries to be incurred during or after a disaster happens. These injuries will range from minor, even just annoying, to severe or life-threatening. Having the tools, supplies, and skills to deal with a wide variety of wounds is critical to ensure your survival. Your medical kit should be broken into two lines, one for minor injuries and one for the real bad stuff. Your minor kit contains band-aids, antiseptics, small gauze pads, medications for common aches, pains, and ailments, any prescription meds you need, blister and burn relief items, and similar. Your major line should contain hemostatic and regular gauze, pressure dressings, chest seal, medical tape, slings, splints, and serious painkillers. Don't count on figuring it all out when the time comes, or you'll be watching yourself or someone else bleed to death. Get training. Next one is sun covering. It's a smart bet you'll be getting much more sun than usual in the wake of the poop hitting the fan. 
You should pack seasonally appropriate attire to keep your body covered from the sun scorching rays. In the winter or cold climates, your standard wear will probably do it. In hotter or arid climates, you'll need to be a little smarter and choose super light technical fabrics that will not overheat you while still keeping you covered. Sunscreen is also an overlooked option, though some do not want to deal with the mess. A bad sunburn is very painful, dehydrates you faster, and can also make you sick. Don't risk it. So the next one is bandanas or neckerchief. A bandana is a tool that every prepper should pack. This humble piece of fabric can serve as rudimentary first aid bandage, insulating layer, lashing, overflow pouch, coarse water filtration device, placement, rag, sweatband, head covering, signaling device, and more. These are simply too handy to not have. Pack at least two and you'll find plenty of uses for them. Packing a bandana is a good idea. I would rather have a chamois which is a lot bigger than that. And, uh, you know, of course, since it's bigger, you can use it for so many different things. If you need to cover a bandana, it won't cover your whole head. But if you needed to with a shemag, you could you could do that. So um, I would rather have those. They're not that much more expensive uh, to have some of those. And they come in all the different colors, just like a bandana would. All right, so the last one, a very important one, the hygiene kit. Too many preppers will back their bob to bursting with equipment and gear for absolutely any imaginable contingency, but spare nary a thought for their body's needs. Keeping clean is not just a societal nicety. It prevents a host of ailments and conditions that can make you miserable and hamper your efforts to survive. Especially in a group, good hygiene protocols will stop the spread of diseases that can waylay many people in short order. Your kit should include most of the things you use daily, like a toothbrush, toothpaste, soap, or shampoo and deodorant. You should toss in body powder and hand sanitizer. Ladies or those traveling with women should include feminine hygiene products. So any bug out bag will start with the basics, a core group of items that will be useful no matter what kind of situation you find yourself in. Using this list as a guide, you can build out from here with items to address your own needs, strengths, and weaknesses. Once you have your bob packed, keep it handy and pray you never need to use it. All right, so guys, that's it for the article. So you can see why I, I I mean, every one of these items, you can see why I believe that, you know, these are necessary. And again, he states that at the very end, all these are, are good to have. And sometimes we don't always think about these things, but anyone can incorporate these. Now, let me go back and talk just a, a couple about a couple of things here that I just wanted to point out when we talk about a bob. A bug out bag, and I recently have, have said this, a bug out bag, the intention of a bug out bag is that you are bugging out, that you have a place where you are going, right? And so when they talk about 48 hours, 72 hours, however many hours you need that, in the back of your mind, you know that you are using this bug out bag to get to your bug out location whatever that might be, whether that's a cabin in the woods, whether that's a family member's house, whether whatever, right, out to the country, whatever. The bug out bag is to give you the necessities to get you out there to that bug out location. So if you know where you are going, a lot of the times when you're talking about, you know, having a tent and stuff like that, that might be possible, you know, to carry if you have a small one or a tarp to make a shelter, Um, the food, and I really wanted to talk about the food. A lot of the times you want food to give you the energy to move forward. 
And so when you are, let's say you're going to your bug out location, you're not going camping. So you're not setting up a camp every single night unless it is cold and you need a fire to keep warm. You are trying to get to your bug out location. So you might catch a few hours of sleep and then get back on the trail and get going. You, you're, when you eat, you're going to be eating on the trail. You might be stopping to purify some water and things like that. But for the most part, if you are bugging out, you are going to a bug out location. Your bug out bag is going to reflect that. If you are leaving your home, but you do not have a place where you are going, you're evacuating. And so your bug out bag or whatever you you take with you, whether that is a tote or whatever, is not going to be a 48 hour or a 72 hour. It's going to be, I'm going to need to live out of this until I'm able to get back right to my house, if that's possible. So you at that point, you're not bugging out, you're evacuating. And hopefully you can do that in a vehicle where you can put some more things in your vehicle and get out, you know, and get out and go find a hotel or, you know, get to a safe place or whatever, you know, go to a camping grounds if, if it is just a local disaster that you're having to deal with. So I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that and, and to remind you about the purpose of that, of the bug out bag, but you might have a get home bag that some of these things could definitely, you know, fit into and, you know, or would, would definitely be part of your get home bag. If you wind up having to walk any amount of distance, you would want these things in there, especially if you travel for work, whatever that might be, you, you'll want all these things in there. The last thing that I wanted to talk about is consider when, when we're talking about a bug out bag and kits and things like that, consider some of the things that you might keep on you, on your body. So for instance, when we were talking about that, you know, the bush knife, as they, they uh, said here, uh, I just call it like a big survival knife, a big fixed blade, right? Um, you're, of course, that's probably going to be on your body. So that will be on there. But there are other things here that you might want to have on your body. So if you have pockets, you might want to keep a way of making fire in your pockets. You might want to have one of those uh, reflective uh, space blankets in your pocket, right? You might want to have some uh, ways to purify water, some tablets in your pocket, if, if that's the case, just in case you get separated from your kit. Now, we don't always hear a lot about that, but that's something to consider. So if you ever, you know, you think about the clothes that you're going to wear or whatever, maybe you have a vest or, or something like that, uh, you can keep things on your own body, on your on your own person. So if you ever lose your bug out bag for whatever reason, you still have items that you can depend on. And so I just wanted to, uh, I felt like as I was reading that, I wanted to bring that up uh, to close out. So guys, like always, I'm going to link to this in the show notes. It's coming to us from survivalsullivan.com, and you can go link to it. There's a lot of links in this article, some linking to articles, some linking to products. And so uh, it's a, you know, a, a worthy article to go check out. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 434 of the Prepper Website Podcast. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with me today and all of this week. And don't forget, as you are going into the weekend, if you are looking for more preparedness articles and preparedness information, you can go on over to PrepperWebsite.com. That is the place where we load somewhere between 8 to 12 articles. We post them every single evening, and it happens 24-7. So there's new stuff there all the time. 
There are pages that are dedicated to like firearms, DIY, frugal living, alternative media, all that good stuff. And so if you're looking just for pages that are dedicated to that, even conspiracy theory stuff, if you are looking for pages that are just dedicated to that kind of information, we have those as well as all the, the articles that we post every single day right on the front page. And so if you're looking for more, you know, more preparedness information, head on over to Prepper website. And also don't forget to come on over to the Facebook group as well and be a part of that. We'd love for you to be over there and uh, just join us. There's a lot of wisdom over there. And it's just it's just good to uh, when people have questions, it's just good to see the community come out and help out with uh, all the, the information that they have. Because I don't always have all the information. I definitely, you know, I can point people to Prepper website and to the tag cloud and things like that. But there's plenty of questions that have been asked that other people have rallied behind and have been able to give uh, you know, pertinent information that the, the person who was asking needed. So we'd love for you to be over there at that Facebook page or Facebook group. We'd love for you to be part of that group. And you'll just go click on that. We have a link in the show notes. Click on it. And then uh, it'll you know ask you to join. There's a couple of questions. I just uh, ask those questions just to see if people are really, truly interested in being part of the group. And actually, nothing happens to those questions. They get deleted. It's kind of weird. I don't know why Facebook does that. But they just get deleted the minute that you see them and you approve the person. But anyway, you know, a lot of everybody has, has uh, answered those questions and become a part of the group. So we'd love for you to be a part of that as well. All right. Don't forget, if you are not subscribed to the podcast, you can come on over to the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com and you can subscribe to the show. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.